because someone was offering a system that was Linux that also would just work because of the driver work that we would do, then they came back over to our side. Welcome to the Open at Intel podcast, where we're all about open source, from software to security to innovation and beyond. I'm your host, Katherine Druckmann, an open source evangelist at Intel, bringing you leading edge, free-ranging conversations from some of the best minds in the open source community. Let's get into it. Is this finally the year of the Linux desktop? Well, for Dell, every year since 2012 has been the year. I caught Bart and George at the All Things Open conference to hear the story of how Dell embraced Linux running out of the box on high-end Dell hardware. We had great fun. Check it out. Hey, Barton. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy um, uh, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope you are enjoying the event. We are here at All Things Open. Hey, this is actually my first time. I can't believe it. Yes. And so I'm really impressed. This is amazing. I can't believe I haven't been here yet. I, I said the same thing, you know. Uh, Several years ago, I had plans to to come, and then you know something something always gets in the way, and and um, life life gets life in the way. gets in the way. I'm glad I finally made it. A lot of people say it's their favorite open source conference. I respect the well executed balance between sort of a grassroots vibe, but also very relevant to anybody in the community, be it you know major and large enterprise or, or individual user. Yeah, and they um, punch above their weight. There's not a lot of people here who are organizing it. It's Todd, yeah. and it sounds like a handful of merry band, and it's they, they're working pretty hard to make this thing happen. Yeah. And I'm amazing how well this has come off and how polished it looks. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fantastic. So, so Martin, t- tell us a little bit about yourself and what your role is in the open source community. Well, funny you should ask. My name is Barton George. I'm at Dell. I'm part of our developer relations team, and I'm Dell's community manager. I've been in open source... Uh, I don't know if I can do, count that high. But a long time ago, I started back in Sun Microsystems, part of their open source office. And that was probably uh, 18 years ago, 16. I don't I, I've been I've been around open source for a while. Um, and so I'm trying to think. I originally started at Sun managing the relationships with Red Hat, Canonical, Debian, and SUSE, as well as Linux Foundation and Free Software Foundation. Wow. So, in fact, the first time I talked about open source, don't say open source, FOSS, oh, oh, FOSS, very, was, very aware was of that on, the, on the same bill as uh, Richard Stallman. So, oh. I learned not to, uh, I obviously called it Can FOSS. Linux? Yes. Yeah. Uh, who doesn't love a good recursive acronym? Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, recurs- oh, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. GNU's not Linux. Yeah, yeah, Unix, Unix, right? see? out of my mind. So I was hoping to, to look smart here. And you're like, no, what is a recursive Oh, I've been around a while, too. <laughs> At uh, least five years. Yes, yes. I, yeah. Happy medium between <laughs> Yes. enough experience and, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, so tell me, uh, what I'd really like to talk about is actually, incidentally, the topic of your talk here, which hopefully is recorded and I'll be able to link to. Unfortunately, I don't think it was. Oh, well, then so, you'll have to just tell us everything. I'll just make it, I'll make it all up. Yeah, I got a standing ovation. People... People Fantastic. were crying, I'm, weeping. I'm sure it was just, it yeah. was, uh, no, it actually, it went really well. And I got a ton of questions. And what's really great is they were questions around sort of the, how did the project come to be? How did you do these things as opposed to technical uh, bits, which sometimes when I've given it, I've gotten more technical, like this, with this chip, are you using this or that? And, oh, okay. You yeah. know, which is not, in the weeds. yeah, and that's not something I usually can answer. So uh-huh. this was really great. So I had so. about 15 minutes of questions. So that's always, I mean, I know when I see presentations, that's usually the best part mm-hmm. is the questions afterwards. Um, 
also sometimes you give a talk and it's like crickets. Right. So that worked out well. Oh, so what was great. the question? I'm sorry. So yeah, another question. So pr- Project Sputnik. So that's the topic of your talk. Yep. Um, uh, tell us what what is Project Sputnik? Okay. So it was something that we started. Um, well, be our eleventh year next month. So since our official project came out, and so the whole idea was we were thinking about how do we get Dell into the minds of developers because it wasn't really people didn't think good or bad of us uh, as far as developers, and we see developers as being very influential. So we put our heads together. We brought in Stephen O'Grady from Redmond. We were just tossing around ideas. And he came up with the, the idea of, hey, why don't you put Linux canonical on a, uh, sorry, Ubuntu, on a Linux laptop, make sure it works well. And that would be a very popular item. And so I thought, great idea, impractical. Dell's volumes that they do are so high that this would never, this would never um, come to life. So luckily, couple, uh, couple of, well, a couple of months later, they had this innovation fund that was launched. And so I saw, wow, this would be a great vehicle to actually get some momentum behind this and maybe, maybe make this a real project. So presented there, I'm giving you a long answer. No, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, this uh, is great. I, I so, know nothing about the project, so, so it's helpful. Yeah, so then we, we presented to the innovation fund. They said... Hmm, sounds interesting. So the presentation I did, very undell, very unbusinessy, no, no cost projections, no revenue projections, no timeline, just talking about the opportunity. Hey, here's a very influential group. We have the chance to be the only major OEM providing them with a Linux laptop. And let's go and let's put on our, put the Linux distro um, Ubuntu on our high-end laptop which kind of puzzled them because we'd actually been selling Linux on laptops and workstations for years and done really well with that, but doing it more as a value option, right? So you take it on a lower end system, you put a free OS on it, and then a lot of people want to buy it. The idea here is let's take our high end system and get it working perfectly and people want to buy it, which was why would people want to buy our high end system with the XPS 13 with the free OS? So they thought about it, came back and said, okay, you've got a little pot of money, you've got $100,000, and you get six months to see if this will become a real project, or a real product, I should say. So we went out, used my blog to give out the news saying that, hey, we've got this, this project, we want your input, maybe it'll become real. If you're positive enough and you think this is a great idea, then we can make it into a, a real, uh, real offering. Um, and as I was saying, we did it on my blog, not because I got a lot of traffic. So the average before, average views, say the week up to it was about 60. Um, now 60,000, 60. And uh, the idea was that by doing this, we didn't hide the fact that it was Dell, but to set it a bit aside right. from the More Dell, Dell normal. Yes, exactly. Right. And so the, then the next three days, the average was not 60, but it was 10,000 a day. Wow. So it went from 6,000 to 9,000 to 15,000. So... Somebody cared out there. Um, we got a lot of, it got picked up in the Wall Street Journal, Forbes, Ars Technica. Um, and so that drove traffic to the blog. And this was just for something that was a, hey, let's see if this might be real. So uh, when was that? Let me ask you, what, what time frame are we talking about? Uh, 2012. 2012. So next month will okay. be 13 years. Okay. And so last year we celebrated our, our 10th anniversary. Um, and then from there, we got a lot of input coming in. Uh, and then we said, okay, this is, we've seen some positive news. Let's do a beta program. We thought, well, maybe we'll get 300 people 
We got 6,000 from around the world. So that's when senior management said, okay, this, you can go ahead and make this a real product. So we worked real hard. And then nine months after the initial slideware pre uh, presentation, we launched the product. So then it's gone from one config, one system to a whole portfolio of workstations, uh, desk side um, systems. And I think one of the key, or if I talk about the three key things that drove this were transparency. So what we want to do is make sure we do this all out in the open. So when we're asking for input, we're doing it through social media where people can say good and bad things about it. Um, and so it's a sort of a different way than we've been getting feedback from customers. So we, sure. we're always about getting input from customers and want to know what they want. But this is a way, it's not bringing them in under NDA, it's about talking out in the, the community. So we wanted uh, transparency, um, we wanted to give back. Well, you know, what's interesting to me, and, and, and it's, I think, kind of the angle you took with your talk, I'm guessing, is just that, that kind of weird dichotomy between big hardware corporation that is Dell and sort of grassroots, very community-focused isn't. Again, you said you, you, you announced this on your personal blog, right? That's an right. interesting scenario. Yeah, and that, that's ex the talk was how, uh, driving innovation, uh, leveraging the community to drive innovation at a large company. Because it is, that's the main thing, is how do you get a small, ragtag bunch of folks, yeah. and none of us worked on it full time. Um, we, we got manager's approval to work on it, but this was sort of a, a part-time gig. Um, the other thing was community input, so community input, transparency, and giving back. So we would let the community drive this and tell us what they wanted. So for example, we came out with the XPS 13, which is a uh, very thin, svelte offering, uh, and there was people ate it up, but then there was also people said, this is too wimpy for what I need. I need more uh, CPU power. I need more memory. And that's where we ended up then um, adding the precision line to the system. So we got enough input that we were able to go to the precision team and say, hey, there's a lot of people who want this. And when I say a lot of people, relatively speaking, because the volumes that Dell tends to do on these are so huge. In fact, in the beginning, when I went to one of the VPs to talk about this and told about the, talked about the volumes, he said, that's what we do it, uh, in Belgium on Tuesday between three and four in the afternoon. So definitely orders of magnitude different. Um, and so, but because of the, the positive uh, impact of this, in fact, from the beginning, I said, we're not doing this to make money. We don't want to lose money, but we're doing this so that we can um, change people's minds, get people thinking about Dell as developer friendly. Um, so that was, that's been sort of the way that it's gone. As I said, we're now 10 years on and it's been a, a great learning experience and I can't believe we survived so long, <laughs> uh, but yet here we are and I've got the t-shirt to prove it. Awesome. I, 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 you know, I, I want to hear more about actually that, the learning experience part. So we were joking before I hit record right. about how next year, next year is the year of Linux, the Linux desktop. The Linux desktop. <laughs> you know, we've been saying that for, well, a hundred years. I don't know. Yes. Um, and the timing of how relevant a running, you know, there are lots of reasons to run Linux on your desktop, right? It used to be kind of to have consistency in, in development versus production environments, for mm -hmm. example. There's one. But you also have the enthusiast community, and that's an interesting group. That's the group I'm most familiar with. 
Well, I mean, I'm from, well, I could, I'm probably the other one too. I've, I have myself run local dev, dev environments on the Linux. But I just kind of wonder what you've observed over these last 10 years in terms of, is there a growing market? Is there a steady market? Like from your perspective, what has your, has this learning experience taught you about that enthusiast community? And who the consumer is, the ultimate customer for these these. Linux uh, laptops. Who, who are so they? They are they are developers, right? So the Linux laptop market stayed around two percent. We've just gotten more and more of that two percent share, uh, and so what it is is there's a lot of people who went over to Macs because they were tired of futzing with Linux drivers that weren't there, Fair. Um, <laughs> and they use Macs because it had a Unix underpinning, mm-hmm. and so now because someone was offering a system that was Linux that also um, would just work because of the driver work that we would do, then they came back over to our side. Uh, the other thing that, that helped is we had had this idea of doing a cloud launcher, which would you do a micro cloud on your, on your laptop and you'd push it up to the cloud. Uh, we tried that, it was really hard, we couldn't do it. But then this company called Docker came along and that's basically what they did. So you talk about um, from laptop to production and that, that allowed that to happen. So we get a lot of people who've wanted to use Linux, but it's just been too much hassle to do that. And then I should also say, when I talk about contributing back, the way it works is the device manufacturers will write the drivers, they'll push them up to the kernel, then Dell and Canonical take that, pull it back down, add patches to it, so it works really well on our system. So it's it's tuned for our system. So for example, if a, a um, touchpad or wireless card manufacturer writes the driver and puts it up to the kernel. Other laptops that use these same components can can use it. But what this does through the patches is it makes it so it just works. So it really fine tunes it so that you don't have to have to futz with stuff. And so the idea is whatever we do, then we put it back to the kernel. Uh, and what this also allows is people to run other distros on our laptop. So we only offer it with ah, Ubuntu okay. preloaded, yeah, but yeah. you can get, you can put Fedora on it, you can put uh, Arch, you can put Mandriva, I don't care, whatever, whatever you want to wanna run on it. It's interesting, so I think I mentioned again before we recorded, you know, back in my Linux journal days, uh, to me the evolution of, of these Linux laptops, it, there, 15 years ago or so, there was a lot of the activity was, as you said, lower end hardware, things like netbooks, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. Dell had a really cute Netbook, and as I recall, so did HP, um, a few of them, and they were that was that was kind of the entry point, I think, for you know releasing all of these things with Linux preloaded. Um, but then, as you mentioned, and this is this is the kind of interesting part, is that of course there's demand for people who want high-end hardware. They want an i9. They don't want you know a lower end, a slower processor. And they don't so. want to feel embarrassed looking at people's good-looking Macs when they come with their yeah. Soviet-style uh, boxes that. Um, and so now they actually have something that just works, that looks good, that runs the OS that they want. And the great thing about Dell is because we were at the high end only selling Windows, this didn't take market share away from other things we were selling. We weren't cannibalizing everything. This was all net new uh, revenue and sales. Yeah, very interesting. Again, <laughs> we talk about, we, we, we've seen a, you know, an interesting evolution in, in the way that we have hardware, the way we interact with it. I mean, I'm sure you... You remember, I don't know if it's fondly, the yellow boxes, the off-white 
turning yellow eventually boxes that we started with. And now technology is almost an elegant fashion accessory. That's a lot of the appeal of the Apple oh, yeah. um, ecosystem. And, and, and so that's what people want. And I, you know, I appreciate that Dell is giving it to them. But so you said this, is, this has been t- 10 years. How much do you have to sell this internally? How the, much? Uh, ups, uh, in the beginning, it was just, that was relentless, right? As I, as I was saying in my talk, you had to sleep with one eye open <laughs> because there was people who would hear about this and would say, what the heck are we doing spending resources on this? You want a niche audience, why don't we, why don't we build a system for orthodontists, right? It's, uh, <laughs> I'm sure that's just as relevant because people didn't, didn't see the value back then or a lot of people didn't. And so that was a big part is that you had to always stay uh, vigilant to make sure that nobody killed your uh, uh, project, and at the same time, by championing it, it championing. Yeah, I can't say that, but anyway, we know. <laughs> yes, you know what I meant. Uh, you get a lot of people who help out. So depending on the the kindness of strangers, so a lot of folks were really excited about this and wanted to help out and give resources or time that they could. Uh, but the people who are officially within the client group would often say, hey, this, this is a, a waste of resources we could be using to do other products that more of our customers want. So tell me, my perception of the open source community and, and the Linux desktop user, the type of person who would initially buy something like this type of machine, is also a very loyal, brand loyal, a very, um, a, an, an audience that's loyal to a company who will give them what they are asking for. And I wonder if you're finding that, that, that the fact that you took this community, this enthusiast community very seriously and delivered, you know, the, what they really truly wanted all along, right? Yeah. And I, I think, is, it, are you, is that what you experienced? Yeah, and I think so right from the beginning when I pitched this at the Innovation Fund, one of the gentlemen said, well, what's to stop HP from doing this? And I said, really nothing, but what we need to do is build the community, show respect for the community, uh, and get them to trust us. And so that's been a huge part, is the community is loyal as long as you treat them with respect, uh, and you help them, and you, you speak transparently and openly to them. <clears throat> so we would often get, like a lot of people, you get flamed for something. So for example, uh, when the Precision came out, it was available around the world, and someone in Denmark couldn't find it. And it was a glitch. It wasn't intended, but he said, this is typical Dell. All they're after is making profit. Um, They don't think Denmark's a real country, blah, blah, blah. And then I wrote back to him after I calmed down and walked around the block a couple times saying, hey, I I apologize. It definitely should be there. I've just sent an email to the team um, to, to get it up there. And I really appreciate you letting us know. And then he just wrote back, thank you very much. I really, I really appreciate it. So oftentimes it's, it's speaking with empathy, it's speaking directly, and it benefits us to, to get this kind of information because there are glitches that happen all the time, various things. And so for some wacky reason, it wasn't on the, um, on the website for Denmark. And so we learned about it that way. And by talking to somebody, talk about turning ranchers into ravers, then they become big allies. If, yeah, you, if you go exactly. and, um, like I remember, uh, Someone had a precision at a running Ubuntu, the developer edition at a show, and actually Wes McKenney, who came up with wrote pandas in the machine learning space, and I said, "Oh, how do you like that? I hate it. I'm never going to buy another one again." And so, 
Oh, oh okay. And so I talked to him, and he, he, uh, he told me about his problems. I put him in touch with the uh, engineering team. We got it fixed, got it all together. And then he wrote this amazing blog about how much he liked it, <clears throat> how helpful we were. Um, and so I think that's the part of the community is they become big supporters of you, but you have to listen to them. You have to take yeah, them yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, that's the thing. An enthusiast community, they, they can be loyal, but they can also be fiercely critical too, yes, right? Yes, So, But, but that comes with, their, you know, it's a blessing and a curse, right? Yes, they, and um, they, you speak directly and with empathy, and that's, yeah. that's usually the way that... Uh, I mean, another thing too is when we launched this, um, when we announced this, I should say, uh, as an experimental project, there was an ISO that we put out, and it was pretty rough. And so we had this disclaimer saying... Uh, this this release of Ubuntu is uh, not officially supported. It was for demo purposes <laughs> only, um, and we said that hey, the right now the touchpad doesn't work too well. We've got the palm rejection that's not functional, which means if you hit the by mistake you hit the touchpad with your palm, the the cursor will shoot across the the screen. But as long as we were telling folks that this is a situation, this is what you got, and we're working on it, they're okay. Um, now, obviously, if it was consumers, they they wouldn't use it. But uh, as long as you're you're stating out what the issues are, you're not hiding things, then they're willing to move forth because they know what they're getting. And then, yeah. of course, we fixed those and then launched it. Um, I think you're running out of time. Oh, you're so right. I, I have will, a plane to I catch. Will, um, I will ask you one follow-up. So you question. get me talking. I get all I know, excited so about fun, this, right? Catherine. You're just, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I enjoy I enjoy nerding out about this type of topic. It, there's a there's a nostalgia element I think for me mm-hmm. talking about about the this evolution, right? We we were there from from uh, when hardware was very different, I guess you could say. It was, and, and it, it's kind of fun to see to see where we are today. I wondered if there's if there's anything else you wanted to share about, you know, where 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 do you think this is going? You know, it, there are there are a lot of things happening in the in the. Linux community, a lot of different types of distros. The, the, the need for local environments versus um, production environments, that, that intersection is very different than it used to be, right? The way that the, some Linux distributions work now is so completely different. I mean, we're, we're just, I don't know, we're at an inflection point. Yeah, I think, you know, you from machine, machine learning, Kubernetes, I think just getting the word out there. Because there are people who know about this, thanks to conversations like this or talks I give, but there's so many people who don't even know it exists. So we've just sort of, we really haven't had a marketing budget for this. We've gotten it when post a blog and then uh, publications find out about it uh, and then talk about it, but we really haven't gone out to make more people aware. So I would love to have an influencer program again, uh, give out units, other ways that we can make this. Uh, so I think there's a lot of untapped potential. We'd like to see the whole world using the XPS right. 13 and the Precision Developer Editions. And next year yes, will be the, the year. Yes, the, the, the Linux desktop. Yes. It's funny because last year was going to be the year after the... Right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much, Martin. Uh, it was very nice to meet you. I hope you... you Catch my plane and, and don't miss it. Yeah, don't <laughs> miss your flight. Thank you. All right, Catherine, thank you so much. Okay. You've been listening to Open at Intel. Be sure to check out more from the Open at Intel podcast at open.intel.com slash podcast and at Open at Intel on Twitter. We hope you join us again next time to geek out about open source.